Welcome to She Loves the Grid, where we discuss all things F1. Whether it's happening on the track, in the paddock, or beyond the grid, we'll talk about it all. And here we are. What is this? Episode 31? Yeah, yeah. I over She Loves the Grid. It's so weird that it's between race weeks. It kills me. I get so bored. I'm Claire. So <laughs> I'm Diane, you. and I'm right there with you. It was there. And why? Last week I said, oh my gosh, during race week, so much stuff is happening. So we have these super long episodes because so much is happening off the track that we have to talk about. And then this week, it didn't really seem like there was a ton happening off the track. So I wasn't even really paying too much attention. But yeah, I, I can't believe uh, these in-between weeks. It, it just kills me. Just kills me. I, <laughs> I mean, I'm glad to get the time off and, and whatnot, but I kind of yeah. was just, can we just do our 20-something races, like almost back-to-back, -back, have like one big break and be done? Yes. <laughs> agreed. Agreed. And in the past, like, honestly, what are we up to round 18 this coming week? That's usually what the season was. Like, we'd be, okay, it's the end of the season. And, you know, now we've got way more races. And next year, we'll have another race on top of it. So that's crazy. I know. I mean, I appreciate getting more races, but it, yeah, it's a lot. It is a lot. And I just wonder, like, how does that affect the teams as a whole? You know, the mechanics, the drivers. I mean, everybody's, they're flying. And that's exhausting in and of itself. So well, the plan for next year too. That the timing. I mean, there's how how are they going to do? Have enough time to plan for the next year? That's a lot to yeah. a lot to engineer and plan and and yeah. maintain and yeah. All right, well yeah. Let, let's get going. We can make let's this a, an averageish long episode. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. It was kind of busy. I had dinner and happy hours. You know, like just fun fun things, which is really good, but it did make the week go by so fast. So yeah, it was, it was good. I can't believe tomorrow's Monday. I don't know where the weekend went. I feel like I, I didn't really do a whole lot, but. <laughs> same, same. We, um, we went to a, a beer garden yesterday and then I think I slept part of the afternoon cause just tired and beer. Yes. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know where the weekend went, but I get, I get Tuesday off here in Germany. So oh. that's kind of cool. It's the day of unity. So the, the, the wall fell. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's really cool. So four so day I'm week for you. Four day week for me. It's on a Tuesday, but that's okay. I'll, I'll work a little bit tomorrow and then be off on Tuesday and then have a, a short, short week. So I'm excited by that. Nice. No, that's really, that's really exciting. Very, very exciting. Well, my apartment's Ooh. finally coming together, doing the last little bit of organizing today, and I'll be back to like a normal-ish life. <laughs> Yay! That was, I mean, that's a grind. Like, you've been on that for, what'd you say, a month? A month. It's been a month. I mean, I figured, you know, considering I had to get new furniture that I had to assemble while working and traveling for work, and yeah, it just is a little, a little hectic. Yeah. I wouldn't recommend it. Especially in, in our age, but yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you did no. it. Yay. <laughs> All right. Well, let's keep going. Let's keep going. All right. Let's do it. So this week, actually, this didn't even happen this week. It happened the week before, but it really came out this week. Um, Jessica Hawkins, who is an ambassador for Aston Martin, she's had a lot of races 
And hopefully if you're on our YouTube, we've got a picture of her. Um, she was the first woman in five years to drive an F1 car. She drove the AM21 in Budapest. So not this past week, but the week before that. So huge deal, like really big deal. It's kind of insane that it's been five years since a woman has driven an F1 car. Um, so hopefully we will start to see more and more of that. Again, we've got like Sophia in F2 or F3. I can never remember. Um, you know, so hopefully with the women's circuit, we start bringing more and more women in. And it's not such a big deal to see a woman driving an F1 car. And it's not every five years that they're driving an F1 car. So good for Jessica. Love it. Yeah. Good for Aston Martin. I like that. She gets to drive I one. do too. I love that Aston Martin did that. I love that she's an ambassador for them. Um, Alpine is the other one that we talked about. That's also who Sophia races with. They were really on it um, at their launch back in January or February, um, talking about women in motorsports. So I, I just hope we'll start to see a lot more of that. Um, also, some updates on Nick DeVries. He announced that he's going back to Formula E. So that's where he had come from or one of the places he had come for, come from. And he's going to be driving this time for Mahindra Racing. So it was big news all over the place. And honestly, you know me, I always go and read the comments. The support for him from everybody, from me, F1 Media to, you know, other drivers was incredible. Like people were just so happy for him and that he, you know, will be racing again. And, and again, just reiterating how awful the whole Red Bull situation was like, they just really didn't get a chance. And, you know, one thing, I mean, I, I do like Liam Lawson. I think he's showing a lot, but one thing that I don't think has been talked about enough is that car is way different than what Nick DeVries was driving. They have upgraded that car. It, who knows? Like if, if, Nick had been able to stay around <laughs> like, you know, Logan Sargent is getting support and we'll talk about that more in just a little bit um, from Williams. Maybe he would have done better, but he just wasn't. So totally different car, but super happy for Nick DeVries. Cannot I, wait for him. I just don't think Nick was doing as poorly as Logan. Right. I mean, right. And so I just, I think he got a, I don't think he got the best deal, so I'm glad he's back racing and he can continue to prove himself because he's. I think he's got a lot of potential. Oh, definitely. He's. I mean, I think he he had already kind of proved himself. I mean, I think he was the formula, if I remember correctly, the Formula E champ. He's he's got the credentials. I just don't think that AlphaTauri or Red Bull or whoever Chatty Cathy, you know, was not willing to work with him for some reason. I, I don't know what their expectations were, but. Yeah, I don't think they were willing to work with him that much, but I good agree. for him. I love that, you know, he took that and he was doing the best for himself, taking courses at Harvard and all of that stuff. He even spoke at Harvard a couple weeks ago and now he's back in a car. So good for you. Another person that I would love to see come back, Sebastian Vettel. <laughs> I love Seb. <laughs> like I said last week, he's an amazing human being, but it came out this week that he's in talks with Joda over a possible um, world endurance championship seat in 2024. So he could potentially team up with Jensen Button and Robert Kubuka. I think I'm saying that right. Um, so that could be an interesting like trio, like a super little trio right there. Uh -huh. So 
I don't know. Seb said he's thinking about it. If it makes sense, then, you know, he might do it again. They're just in talks. But I also thought it was kind of interesting because he is super close to Mick Schumacher. Like we loved their little, you know, friendship on the grid last year. And as I mentioned last week, Alpine is talking to Mick about joining the WEC. So it could just bring them back together <laughs> on the track. Also, different teams, obviously, but still, I think people really love to seeing that relationship. So it could be, it could be, which I would love to see him come back. So I would see. too. I, I think he's a, like I said, he's a great human being, but I think he's a good driver too. So that'd be cool to see. Yeah. I've not much question the endurance. So that, that sparked my interest. to. I yeah. I haven't either. And to be honest, like, I don't know how like that whole championship works. I've watched, that documentary about Carlos Sainz Sr. And he had kind of moved to do doing like Dakar and all of that kind of stuff. I was going to say Dracar, but that's like that. <laughs> Isn't Dracar like that cologne from the 80s that like? <laughs> no, never mind. Um, Dakar. I don't know if that's like considered part of like an endurance championship, if it's totally separate, but same idea. I don't know. If Seth goes goes back into that, I think I am going to learn more about it. I will definitely want to figure out what that's all about. So, yeah. And I know Fernando did too, but he was also training for Dakar. But I, again, I don't know if if he was part of the World Endurance Championship. So, something new I'm to learn. learn. Yeah. yeah. I love it. I love it. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Silly season. Let's talk about this really quick. Oh my gosh. So, Logan Sargent. Really the only thing we have left to talk about because that is the only seat that is open at this point for 2024. So James Valls came out with a message and um, I'll try to quote, like I'm going to read some of this because I was trying to type out what he was saying. Um, he's so calm to listen to, by the yeah. way. Like, yes, and he is. It, it was so supportive. It was very, you, you can tell he's been in leadership for a while, but you can tell he's also a good leader. He's a you know, I, I watched I watched that whole thing. And he's he's a really good leader, very yeah. level-headed. I, my perception, I'm, I'm glad you're going to go over what was said, but my perception is, well, they have not said he's out. They've also said he's not completely in, right? They're, right. they're behind him. Yeah. But, you know. But he has his part to play also. Like, they can provide the support, but he has to do his yeah. part. Um, and I feel like way back, we talked, you and I talked about this on the podcast where we were talking about the rookies and it must've been around the time they were trying to get rid of Nick DeVries. And, and I, it, it, what he was saying just reminded me, I think of what you said, which was, you know, you have to hit certain metrics. Like we have to see that you're growing. We have to see that you're hitting these metrics. Um, and then we'll give you a chance. And I feel like that's exactly what James was, was kind of saying. So, you know, he said that they took Logan straight out of F2 and, you know, he was in a car for testing for one and a half days and then it's not like they're not going to help him after that, which sometimes I wonder is, is that what Chatty Cathy does? <laughs> is that what he does without a diary driver? It's like, oh, well, you had your one and a half days. Now you're on your own. You've got to figure it out. Like, I would love to know more about what is happening behind the scenes with driver development um, at Red Bull. But James also said, like, Logan has very clear targets and what he has to hit before the end of the season. So they he said they want him to succeed and they want him in the car next year. So again, I have predicted 
they're going to give him as much time as they possibly can. And we are after the race coming up, we'll only have five more races. So time is running out. You know, we're, we're going to see what happens. Um, so they're going to give him probably until the very last second to meet his metrics. He did admit that Logan is not in the same car. And this is something that I brought up last week that due to all of the crashes and stuff, they don't have the same parts. They don't have the parts that Alex Albon is using um, for Logan's car. So it is a different setup than what Logan, I mean, than what Alex has. But um, as, wait, let me tell you this though, because I wrote this down. He, Logan allegedly has 3.9 million in damages this year. Highest on the grid, which I don't think is probably too surprising, um, except for Sergio. <laughs> like, Sergio <laughs> had a few crashes, but he is 1.3 million ahead of Lance Stroll, who is in second place. So wow. that is a lot of damage. And that is why he does not have the same parts on his car. So, um, anyways, James did say that in Japan, like Al, um, Logan was doing a really great buildup, he was kind of matching. Alex's times. So then, you know, there was the crash, <coughs> excuse me. So, I mean, it seems like he can match the times or get very close to the times that Alex is setting, but then something seems to go wrong. So he said, they'll continue to work with Logan. Um, they're going to invest in Logan. He mentioned um, their driver program and they're just not going to give up on people. They really do want him to succeed. So he concluded it by saying only at the point that all, and he emphasized the word all, that all of us have come to the conclusion that we've reached the end of the road. They'll make a decision, but they're nowhere near that yet. So lots of support from Williams for Logan Sargent. And I kind of take it in a way of like the ball's in your court. Like we're going to help you and we're going to support you, but the ball's in your court. You got to exactly. hit those yeah. So pretty crazy. So we'll see what happens. Um, here is kind of a fun fact for you. But if if Williams picks Logan Sargent to fill the seat for 2024, there will be no driver changes from 2023 to 2024. And that would be the first time in 74 years of F1 that there were no grid changes, which is insane. So when we say silly season was a little boring this year, yes, <laughs> it was. So far, everybody is retaining their seat. No, no changes with an asterisk because there was a change mid-season. True. True. But yeah. But maybe I'm like they're looking at finishing the season. Who yeah, did we finish with and who are we moving That's forward. what I figured. Yeah. So That's a crazy statistic. 74 years? 74 years. There's never been a change. Like, that would be kind of crazy. But like... Last week, I think I said there would be 11 drivers whose contracts were up. Um, I actually, it's really 13 and maybe 14. So if Logan is on through 2024, I'm assuming they'll probably just give him a one year. So it could be 14 drivers that have contracts up. So then we will be talking about silly season. Insane <laughs> season. <laughs> insane exactly so that would be nuts like absolutely nuts if we have four, 13 or 14 drivers all looking at you know like going musical to, musical chairs or something next year yeah insane so stay tuned like we just have 
potentially one driver. Now, there's still stuff like that could happen. We don't know what the deal is with Lance Stroll, like, but, but those are far reaching, right? Even Sergio, like people are talking about, like, get rid of Sergio, you know, yeah, yeah he has a contract, but we know, you know, Red Bull doesn't yeah. necessarily have to hold them to it. But I think those are far reaching things. I, I just, I don't see that changing. I don't either. Yeah. That's kind of crazy. Okay. Here's some interesting stuff for you. And again, if you're on our YouTube, you're going to see a little, um, graph, graphic, graph. Um, anyways, Buzz Research did, uh, I mean, Buzz Radar did a research study that suggests that social media mentions for F1 are down 70.2% in the first five months compared to 2022. They're also down in new followers and social reach. So, um, a lot of people are blaming the Red Bull domination for this. that people have just kind of dropped out could be that seems pretty valid but i also feel like there's other things that maybe are playing into it yeah it could be what do you i I don't know it's it could be that i mean there was a lot of big uptick i'd like to look at it over the last like five or six years because i know there was a big uptick with um drive to survive yeah and how much of it is now flattening off because there's always in in a lot of stuff online a lot of trends there's always a huge uptick and then things start to normalize right so i wonder if this is like the normalization period or the dip before the normalization so it'd be interesting to see other similar types of of trends of, of analysis in comparison to see you know with something you went out in, in a in a like a Netflix special or something like that that brought a lot of fans into a genre, yeah. and then how long did it take for it to normalize? You know. Yeah, yeah. No, I fully agree with you. I think that when I learned about Drive to Survive, I think that was our first season, but I learned about it kind of maybe later. So that was like 2020. People were at home. You know they what else did we have to do, but watch Netflix all the time. And so I think people did really get into it. Then the 2021 season was crazy. I mean, it came down to that last race and the controversy at the end of that race. And so I think people in 2022 were even more like, Oh, you know, we, we got to see, see what happens. But yeah, I do think you're right. I think that at some point that has to level out. You can't sustain that type of, of growth. Like you just, I just don't think that you can, but I do think I, I agree also that Red Bull dominating probably loses those fans that maybe were like on the fence or they just want the drama. They're not that interested maybe yeah. in, in learning the history or, or like the stuff that's happening in the midfield and, you know, the excitement around that. And I think that's what it is. I mean, I see a lot of social media posts about, oh, well, the, the real race or the fun race is two through whatever, you know, two, yeah. two, three and four. And, and like, we just yeah. ignore Max yeah. because it's getting to the point where it's like, okay. You know, I mean, yeah. unless somebody, unless, you know, when Carlos won, that was awesome because we just, we're finally, we've, we've got to, you know, not have them on all the time because it becomes, it, it gets a little boring, a little redundant. And yeah. you start to wonder, how can it be that one car can be so dominant over the other so horrifically, right? There's, there seems to be no, little to no variance except for this one off 
race, you know, so it, it does, it yeah. gets boring. It gets, and I can see where people start to drop out. Yeah, I, I can too. And I think especially nowadays, like this isn't the first like period in F1 where there has been one team or one car that was dominant. Like we had, you know, Lewis for a while, there was Sebastian for a while. Um, and, and so the people that are new to it, like we haven't really lived through that before and just kind of accepting it. But I also think there's something about like this, that maybe not instant gratification, but, you know, I think that there is a, a group, especially if you're bringing in a lot of younger people where they're like, we need, <laughs> you know, we need new content. We need action. And if it's the same person, like you said, winning over and over and over, that's not that fun. They're going to go find something else to be excited about. So. That's a good point. I wonder, I mean, and social media has changed over the years too, but I wonder what the, however you would rank interest would have been back when Lewis was dominating and Mercedes was dominating, you know, how were, how were the fan polls then, right? I mean, right. social media has changed over the years, but what was the, the interest then? Was it stale? Did people drop out because Mercedes was dominant? You know, that'd be yeah. kind of that'd be an interesting analysis. You can't really, measure social media because TikTok wasn't around or, you know, the different right. social media that weren't around, but th that would be a, a, I love, I love the stats. It'd be interesting to see kind of that kind of analysis. Exactly. And I think, you know, I, I don't know that I've seen, like, I've seen stats where it's like the young people and women are the fastest, you know, or over the last couple of years have been the fastest growing segments. I wonder how many is in the U S because I could totally see a lot of people losing interest when you have to get up for races at 6 a.m. or, you know, like 5 a.m. Yeah. Like, I'm very much looking forward to this, the next few races because they're at a normal time. I think next week it's like at 7 or 7.30 for me. And then, you know, obviously, um, Coda, uh, Texas, Austin will be, you know, more my time frame in Mexico and Vegas. Like, that's going to be exciting. So I wonder like how many of those people were really us and they just are like, I can't get up at 5am to watch, <laughs> to watch a race and you start losing interest. So I don't know. I think there's some other things that are in there besides just Red Bull dominance, but I thought that was very, very interesting because, and, and again, this goes to the al algorithms, but it's like, that's all I see is F1, yeah. F1 stuff. So, you know, anyways, Let's talk about Red Bull for a second. So they did share their top 10 Vegas livery options. There's lots of dice. Um, we've got some photos for you if you're on our YouTube, but there's lots of dice. There's lots of cards. Um, you can go and vote for your favorite. So here's a couple, like I really like the car on top here because I love that it shows a lot of the iconic buildings in yeah. Vegas. I think that's really cool. Whoever did that one. And I like the fireworks just, well, one, I like fireworks, but, um, two, <laughs> if Vegas is smart and I'm sure they, they are doing this, like to have those go off, like you see in, you know, a lot of other countries just going off like crazy, that would be amazing. But it's, it's not my favorite of, of the 10. We just pulled a few of them here too. And then there you've got the cards and, and then another car with a lot of die on it. Like, so dice. Um, anyways, it's cool. What I think is interesting, though, is of the ones, because we heard about the, the special livery, at, you know, in, in Miami, and, and they picked the one that had the least amount, it seemed, of, of 
graphic because yeah. of the weight on the car. So I want to go back and look at those and I wonder which one will be will be picked yeah. because yeah. of that. You know, did the, did the people who were designing of them think about that when they were doing it? Because some of these, I'm like, just too, there's too much. There, there's no way they're going to pick that one. Even if people fan favorite it, it's going to be difficult for them to put it on the car because of the weight. Yep, exactly. And I, that was one thing I thought too. And now, now that makes me want to go back and look again, because, you know, I'm always drawn to the ones that do have like a lot of color and, you know, different things going on, but I, I don't remember. I think there was one that had a lot more black, but it was ugh. like, you couldn't tell what it was. Like you couldn't tell. You really have to be. I, mean, I, don't get, I don't get that either because I thought it was just one big sheen, like one like sticker. And if it's a sticker, what does the colors matter? Because it's just a sticker. <laughs> like yeah. I don't, I don't understand that either. So unless there are different stickers on the carbon, so mm, maybe anyway. I don't know how that carbon sits. Anyways, you can go and vote if you want. Um, I think you have to go on their special little Red Bull thing. I don't remember what it's called, but anyways, so go vote for your favorite. Uh, again, I never saw anything for Austin, so I have no idea what they're going to be doing for Austin. They were supposed to do it for all three. I don't remember ever seeing anything because I totally would have brought it up. I love a, I love a one-off delivery. <laughs> and when Christian announced this back in January or February, I was like, this is brilliant. Like have a, you know, fan design car. That's so cool. Yeah. Them next year. We didn't do that this year. We'll have to do we that next didn't. year. I know. Ugh, we got to make that a priority. Okay. So here is kind of a fun fact for you. Max can actually win the World Driving Championship on Saturday. Usually the win happens on a Sunday because that's when the race is. But the way the points work out in this coming weekend, which we'll talk about in a little bit, is a sprint weekend. If he finishes P6 or higher, he wins he wins the uh, world driving championship it is it will be mathematically impossible for any other driver to catch him if he finishes p6 or higher on saturday in the sprint so because remember well we'll talk about it but the top eight get points so could be saturday that they're celebrating can someone take him out i didn't say that <laughs> <laughs> you know like drivers are going to try to keep him behind but I don't know. I just don't know. I think he's going to do it. Or what oh, yeah. if he takes himself, not, not out, but he just is like, whatever, it's the sprint. I don't care. And then he just gets the points on Sunday. I mean, if he wins on Sunday, he gets a ton of points. So yeah, I don't know. Max is going to want all the points. We know it. Don't come at us. We know Max wants all the points. Um, so they had their show car in Chicago. And I was like, why, why do I not know about these things? Um, they had it on like a train on the L basically. And it was like, you know, open card. It was just driving around, <laughs> riding around the rails in Chicago. And then they did actually have it, you know, out and they did the donuts and all of that good stuff. But they did, I think that was on Friday, but how fun is that? Like Chicago, you got to see it. Yes. I think that's really awesome. And then of course, freaking chatty Kathy is back. I, I, <laughs> I honestly feel like, okay, if you're new and you're just listening, Chatty Kathy is Helmet Marco. That's what I've called him because dude does not shut his mouth ever. And he ever. says the stupidest things, stupid things. So I nicknamed him Chatty Kathy. So if you're new, there you go. I honestly thought that Red Bull stopped him from speaking. That I, we haven't heard anything since the whole like racist comments about Checo and yet. 
again, they let him go out and do some sort of interview someplace. <laughs> I didn't even jot down like where it was. I but I don't understand why they let him let him do that. It's like why? I mean, I guess I can't stop him from speaking, but on their behalf or to appear on anything that's related to Red Bull, <laughs> why? Yeah, exactly. He's a loose cannon. He's a loose cannon. Is exactly right, and that's what I said with the whole Checo thing. Is like. You don't want to, you're not going to apologize for him because you're saying he's not an employee. He's a consultant, but he goes out and he speaks on behalf of Red Bull and he's so, you know, aligned with that car company. Like, come people on. The difference. He people wears all their gear. The he's in their pit. I mean, he, no, yeah. people don't know the difference. <laughs> exactly. It's it's, I don't know. And there was a whole thing. I didn't even get into it. Like where people were proving that yes, he is an employee of Red Bull. And like, I'm not even going to go down that road, but anyways, this time around, he's trying to insert himself into the Felipe Massa lawsuit. And I don't want to get into this again. It's about the 2008 Singapore, um, Grand Prix. You can go back and listen to, um, previous episodes. We've talked about it in detail at least twice. Did we talk about that last week? Was that last week when there was an update or two weeks ago? Um, yeah, if you want to get a little bit of an update. But this time, Chatty Cathy's quote was, I would like him, meaning Massa, to be awarded this title. And Mr. Hamilton, for whom records are not so important, would then simply have one less. I also think Christian Horner's probably like, shut the F up. Because... If you, this sets a precedent and Toto has, has come out and said this, this lawsuit of Felipe Massa to be um, awarded financially at the very least for losing the world driver championship in 2008 by one point didn't have anything to do with Lewis Hamilton. He just was in, you know, the one that ended up winning. Toto has said like, we're watching that because that will set a precedent. And then you fast forward to 2021, which is what Toto is really referring to, where they then could probably have a pretty good case against Red Bull and Max Verstappen to give up the championship to Lewis. So I think especially for Chatty Cathy to come out with this kind of a thing, like he would simply have one less. OK, well, then Lewis will just take the 2021 one like it, it's going to lead to a snowball. And so why even bring it up? Like, why put yourself, Red Bull, anybody in that position to be like, oh, well, Lewis should just give it up. Lewis, you know, Felipe should have it. No. I mean, it's crazy, too, to change a championship ruling. What is that, 15 years later? Yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous. I mean, I that's why I think Felipe was smart to not go after the actual championship. He can go maybe after the money. Clearly, there was some shady stuff going on yeah. there in the background. Um, so the money, that kind of stuff, that was great. Nobody's handing over any world titles. I don't think I can't imagine that because again, you're going to open yourself up. So helmet needs to take several seats and just. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Ferrari, uh, I guess the new floor on Charles car this week was very successful which is awesome. So they, the, like the word on the street is they are fully focused on their 2024 car. There's not going to be any more upgrades this year, or at least major upgrades. Cause last time I said no upgrades, everybody was bringing upgrades. Um, 
So no more major upgrades. They're going to start really focusing on the 2024 car. And supposedly they think that it's going to be ready very early. Okay. That's awesome. Personally, like I would just like to say that was only on one car. It wasn't on both cars at one track. Can we like do it at a few more tracks and like, let's make sure that, because <laughs> we know how, you know, the cars react on different tracks. So can we not like put all our eggs in one basket and say like, we're done. Now we're moving to 2024. Like, can we get through a few more races and have it on both cars and see how we yeah. do it? Like, why, why, I mean, there's still more points to get. Why don't you go to Carlos's car? Let him see what he can do with it. You know, you've yeah. got to start, like, yeah, I, I just don't, I don't get that. But yeah, I can't, I, you can't do one race, one car and be like, call it good. You just can't. I mean, part of me is kind of like, I feel like that would be Ferrari. Like, yeah, that's, <laughs> it's working. Yay. <laughs> like, let's, let's go forward. But no, like, let's, I mean, I really hope that that is it. Like, I hope that we figured out what our issue is. This was a terrible year for, for us for the most part. And, you know, Viva 2024. I don't know. We'll see what happens. <laughs> but for McLaren, let's talk about McLaren. They fully understood the assignment. So I kind of have talked about this a little bit, but now after eight, eight races, um, or the most recent eight races, their point compared to their first eight races of the season where everybody was joking, they're an orange tractor. There was a Red Bull video that came out with like Daniel driving the orange tractor in um, Australia. Their first eight races this season, they had 17 points total. 2.1 points average per race. In the last eight races, they have 145 points. 145 in the last eight races, averaging 18.1 points per race. That is averaging more per race in the last eight races than they scored in the total of the first eight races. Yes. That's crazy. Isn't it crazy? That's why I say they understood the assignment. Like they realized, ooh, we suck. Um, and they jumped on it and they are making it work. So I am excited to see what happens over the next six races. Like I, I hope they continue. So there's also only one driver who has scored more points than Lando since the Austrian GP. So guess who that is? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Max. <laughs> Max. That's pretty incredible that that's it. That that's how well he's done. Lando, I'm I'm very impressed with him. I love Lando. I really do. I think he's been a lot more vocal this year, which I and maybe I just didn't really pay attention previously, but he's been a lot more vocal this year about a lot of things. And there's something else we'll talk about in just a second that he said this past week. But he is a really good driver. And yeah. I I'm glad that they brought him a car towards the end of the season that he could really show that he is a good driver. So good for Lando. I think that's amazing. Um, okay. So this week he was quoted as saying, I don't think you can design a car for someone. It just doesn't work like that. If I end up being slower than my teammate, then I'm not doing a good enough job. It's as simple as that. So that's kind of stuff that I'm saying, like Lando's being a lot more vocal about stuff. And he he comes with some interesting ideas because there's always been a lot of chatter that, you know, a car is set up for a particular driver. When you look at, at team wise, like Checo is saying, you know, the car is set up for Max. They have not been tailoring the car towards him since, you know, probably the first few races. 
Daniel last year was saying the car is set up for Lando. Um, so I just thought it was kind of interesting that he came out with that, with that quote. Mm. Curious what like your thoughts are on that. Is it set up for one driver? Is the driver just not doing good enough? I don't know. I don't know. I'd have to, I don't know enough about the engineering yet. I would think there is a way to tweak it for our driver style. Um, you know, just the way they may, you know, how they break or how they, they cut corners or, or whatnot. Yeah. Because you know, it, and they're all good drivers, but they all have a different way that they may want to take a corner, how fast they go into a corner, when they break, how they DRS, like all how they you know utilize DRS and whatnot. So I just feel that there's still some tweaks that could be done to make it more efficient for the for uh, each driver. Mm-hmm. But that being said, I just don't know if it's so drastic that each car couldn't be in the same team tweak for each driver individually because they they have the seats in there. I mean, they they don't they don't swap out cars throughout the year. I mean, it, the car is a car, right? So yeah. they've got a lot of electronics and whatnot on board. That I don't see why they can't do some of that a little bit. But maybe not so much when it comes to like the suspension and the steering and whatnot. I don't know. Yeah. That'll be something that I learned more about the engineering to to be able to delve into to see. Um, yeah, you hear enough, of it with enough drivers, you would think that's the case that it is kind of meant for one one. You know, kind of there's something to, there's something to it. You know, but yeah. you hear that out windows, pretty eye opening. Yeah, yeah. And, and part of me kind of wonders like. I mean, if, if like Daniel's correct and the car was set up for Lando and Lando's clearly the number one, well, maybe not clearly, but he, you know, coming into this year, the number one driver over Oscar, maybe he just doesn't, the car is set up for him. So maybe he just hasn't had to deal with that yet. It does make me want to research it a little bit more because I've heard different things like, you know, like Yuki, I think has like blocks or something to help with the, um, you know, where the pedals are for him because yep. he is so short compared to everybody else. So I am curious what that looks like. What is, is it like a shell and this is the basic. So we'll have to adjust it a little bit to you, but this is how we're going to, this is how we're going to lay it out. Yeah, I don't know. Like suspension, the steering. There's a lot around just even the mechanics of the car. Yeah. That I just wonder, yeah, just something to research and learn maybe over at the break. Yeah, I think so too. I just thought that was kind of interesting. Okay, so Mercedes, you know how last week we were talking about like George was super reluctant. Like <laughs> I use reluctant like loosely um, because I think it was a lot more than that. He did not want to listen to team orders and let Lewis through towards the end of the race um, in Suzuka. And then we know that his engineer came on and, you know, George is trying to say like, well, why don't we just do what we did last week? And, you know, like he could just have DRS and, and his engineer finally more than once came on and was like, this is team instruction. Like he, we're not discussing this anymore. It's team instruction. Guess who that order came from? I would imagine probably, I don't know, but yeah. Who? Toto. Toto. Toto, who wasn't even at the race. He was home recovering from knee surgery, was watching the race live. This is what is, is out there. And he's the one that made the decision. So they didn't lose both places to signs. So he's the one that like called in and was like, tell him to switch. And interesting. Duke can't even recover. Um, He's got to be on the radio and telling George, like, you know, I I do kind of, it did make me wonder, would George have 
been pushing back that much if Toto was at the track and it did come from Toto versus like maybe he doesn't know it's coming from Toto and somebody's just telling him, you know, you need to, you need to switch. So I just thought that was kind of funny. Like poor Toto on his <laughs> trying to recover has to get on the radio and be like, no, we don't want signs to, to take over both. Okay. So Alpha Tari, we go back and forth on when Daniel's coming back, but as of this week or this past week, he will be back for Austin which makes the most sense to me because I've said it a million times. He loves that track. He loves Texas. He loves Austin. I can't imagine him not. He's been doing videos about Austin and about the, I, I've seen this even like, I'm like, wait a minute, why are we doing videos about Austin? And how many weeks out is that? And you're already yeah. doing videos about the barbecue. He loves the places, the places yes. he likes to go to and all of that. So he yeah. loves it. He absolutely loves Austin. And again, I've said it many times, like, I think he will do everything that he can to be there. They're still saying, yes, for sure, he'll be in Vegas. But that would mean he would miss Austin, Qatar. No, not Qatar. Yeah, Qatar, Austin, Mexico, and then finally Vegas. So And Brazil. What's that? And Brazil, because Brazil is... Oh, and Brazil. Yep, you're right. So I always forget about Brazil. That's not good. So many drivers come from there. Anyways, I think we can ex probably expect to see him. That's going to be here before you know it, by the way. Like, I'm still so bummed that I don't have tickets. They just came out this past week with like grand, like one day grandstand tickets. I didn't even go look because I was like, at this point, flights and cars and like are going to be so expensive. But listen, go with your gut. Don't let somebody talk you out of going. If you really want to go, who cares if you've been there before? Like, just do it. <laughs> just do it. I should have just bought myself a damn ticket um, when it first opened up. Oh, well, next year. Okay. So Williams. So we talked about James Vowles and like his, the video that he did about Logan. But if you are not following Williams, just go do yourself a favor and do it. The The videos that he does, like I call them like little James Val's chats are so good. He will, he will talk you through everything. He gives you so much info. He just has that very calm voice. <laughs> like you can just, it's a little soothing. Um, but he was talking this past week about the penalty that Logan got in Japan. So remember how he had to start in the pits and then he had a 10 second penalty um, from before even when the race started. So I thought this was kind of interesting because I didn't realize this, but he said the morning of the race, so after Logan crashed in qualifying, um, they made a list of everything that needed to be done. Everyone came in at like 6 a.m. that morning. There was miscommunication mm -hmm. on the timing of when they really could come in or when they could put parts on the car. So there were two items that were put on the car that shouldn't have been like put on the car because they have to be put on five hours before the race. And they did it six hours before the race. So they broke the regulations. He's like, we knew that miscommunication, blah, blah, blah. That was why it had to be five hours, but they had so much to do. that They came, yeah. they came in early. Um, he said, they're still hoping to finish seventh in the constructor. Like, they know that Haas and different different constructors that they're battling right now are going to be bringing more stuff and they are done developing the car. He confirmed that they are not doing any more development on the car for this year. They're fine with that. They really want to focus on next year. Um, 
So, but they're still hoping that they can get seventh. They think that there are still some races where the car um, can do pretty well. So we'll see what happens. Nine points ahead of Haas and 11 points ahead of Alfa Romeo and yeah. 16 points ahead of AlphaTauri. So, yeah. And I don't see, Alf well, maybe AlphaTauri can get some more points, but they're, I mean, they've, they're lucky to get ninth and 10th. Alfa Romeo, they, they just seem to be out of the points all the time. And Haas, they qualify great, but they can't seem to, you know, get, and we've got a couple more sprint races. So that's even more points available on the board. We've got Qatar and then they're doing sprint in Austin also. So there's more points that are available, but I don't know that those teams will necessarily catch them. The Williams is so much faster in a race and way faster on a straight line. So there you go. Um, one thing to watch in Vegas. So that's coming up what middle of November, the culinary union there has voted to authorize a strike at 22 of the casinos. So just something interesting. There's a whole bunch of stuff happening in Vegas, even before F1 comes. There's so much, I mean, between the, the controversy around all the trees they had to cut down to make room for it. And then the malware attack that shut down mm -hmm. multiple casinos. It's, they're still trying to recover from all of that with elevators not working, casinos not working. Like yep. it, it, cause Vegas is a wreck right now. Yeah, it, it really is. And they had flooding that they had to deal with. And then now this, like, and then word came out that somebody did pass away while working on one of the grandstands. And um, yeah, and there's a whole bunch of stuff like happening where, you know, people are saying they, you know, they should have started a lot sooner and they have to resurface the streets. And apparently the city council is like, they're refusing to answer questions as to, to the people that live there. Is it coming from their taxes for this? But they're, they're saying that the Super Bowl is taking place there in February of 2024. They're saying that the F1 race is going to bring in at least double of what they expect from the Super Bowl. So I'm, I'm guessing they're hoping they can just make a whole bunch of money and then like, you know, pay, pay things off. I don't, I don't know. It just seems like a real, ugh, not great. It's crazy right now. Crazy. It really is. So we'll see what happens. I mean, I don't know exactly which of the 22 casinos it is, but you've got drivers staying, you've got people coming in. If the culinary people are not cooking <laughs> and doing the work, yikes, like that could not go off well at all. So no. there you have it. Um, okay. Beyond the grid. So episode 18 of Drivers Living My Life. I'm going to start keeping track now of how many times I use this because I just make up random numbers for what episode this is. But Drivers dry, uh, Living My Life. So Carlos Sainz played in the celeb all-star match on Team Paven at the Ryder Cup. So if you're new to this, both of my kids are golfers. They golfed in college. My son actually played junior golf with like Xander Shoffley, who was on the U.S. team, Scotty Scheffler, who's on the U.S. team. Um so love to watch golf. Carlos played. He was paired up with a disab disabled tour pro, uh, Tommaso Perino, and they went up against um, Novak Djokovic, who ugh, I, ugh, my least favorite tennis player probably ever, and Kip Popart. So Sines and his partner ended up losing 3-1, and Pavin's team lost like the whole thing. But supposedly, like, Carlos was on it. Like he was hitting some amazing shots. There was one that he got real close to the hole. So 
he was there all weekend watching. I don't know if he was there today. I just that it was watching that before we started recording, watching the end. Sadly, the U.S. did not retain the Ryder Cup. So they're going to have to wait until 2027 to try to get that back. And guess what? It's in Ireland in 2027. Um, Claire. So, yeah, there you go. But uh, yeah, Victor Hovland is one of my favorite golfers. I, I loved watching him when he first came on the scene. And um, he's really... He's really on it. Um, Lando and Zach Brown were also there at least yesterday. So yeah, there you go. There's some, that's, I mean, what a fun thing to do on your off week, be at the Ryder cup and actually play in the Ryder cup. He looked like he was having so much fun too. (laughs) He really did. Uh, Carlos takes his golf like very, very seriously. He's, he practices a lot. Like he loves it and he's very, very good at it. Um, okay, Lewis was named one of BOF's 500 for 2023. BOF is like the definitive index of the people that are kind of leading, like are shaping the global fashion industry. So we know like Lewis brings the drip every every week to the track, every day. He's got the coolest outfits. I kind of stopped. Well, I, every once in a while, I'll go back and I'll do like a little fashion recap, but it's mostly him. Occasionally there's some of Joe, which I have Joe's also a major fashion guy, but haven't seen as much about him. But Lewis brings it every time. I absolutely love it. Um, and Pierre was at Paris Fashion Week this week. So I thought this was kind of cool. Aston Martin and Mercedes did a charity football match. <laughs> like, like football. Um, to support the Silverstone Recreational Association. It looked like they had a blast. So I'm sure people like everybody from their mechanics to people in the office um, came together. Aston Martin ended up winning five to four, but they just looked like they had an absolute blast for charity and giving money to Silverstone um, Recreational Association. That's awesome. I love to see that kind of fun happening um, outside of the track. And then finally, we got a picture here. Congratulations to Sergio Perez. He had his fourth child this week um, and it is a girl. So I, that's like the cutest photo. I'm glad they were able to make that work during the off season, during the off week. He could go home and be with his family and uh, four kids. Oh my gosh. Yeah. A little girl. It's so sweet. I know. And I just think like with everything happening this season, like, he did share how that's affecting his work and his personal life. And he hired a mental health coach and he came out and said, you know, together with this coach, um, I started working on becoming the best version of myself at home, but also as a, as a driver, as a result, I have found positivity again. I am now 33 years old, but I'm still learning every day on the track, but certainly also outside it. Partly because of this, I will never get enough of formula one It's truly amazing what this sport still gives me. And a big part of it, he had said at another point in that um, interview was that it was affecting like his, his home life. Like he was home and he wasn't really focusing on his kids. Like There's so much um, mentally that goes, you know, that follows us. Like we talked about that with Nick DeVries and all of the pressure. And I think even Logan, I think we mentioned that last week, like Logan and for sure, for sure, Sergio. Like, not only is he having to deal with, like, not the most ideal season, but you have to deal with, you know, Chatty Cathy making, you know, xenophobic comments about you and nobody in your team even coming out and saying anything in your defense. So, like, he's had a lot going on, a lot 
going on. And I'm so, I just love that he's speaking out about it. Um, and yeah, I, I think that's so good. We need more, more people with high profiles like that to talk about mental health. And that yeah, I, I was thinking the same thing. More people who are, especially men who are willing to say yeah. mental health matters. And this is what I'm doing about it. Yep, exactly. And I mean, like, he's already saying like he's it's it's helping it's helping he's he's being more positive so congratulations to uh sergio and his family that's that's really exciting that's like the second baby board this year is it at least a second kevin kevin had one too okay um okay so next week really quickly sprint race Woo! i love a sprint race weekend i know they're controversial some people don't like them but i do like it so here's how the schedule plays out on fridays in the morning, you have practice. I will be missing those practices. They are at 3.30 a.m. my time. So I'm going to have to get up and watch them <laughs> at a normal time. So Friday morning is practice. Friday afternoon is qualifying for Sunday's race. So Friday afternoon, Sunday's race. Saturday is all about the sprint. In the morning, you have the sprint shootout, which sets the grid for the sprint in the afternoon. And then on Sunday, you have the race. So there's 57 laps, one DRS zone, 16 corners. Uh, 2021 was the first time they had the Grand Prix at this track. Um, and it was primarily designed with motorcycle racing in mind, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, right. It's a fast and flowing track. It's got a lot of medium and high speed corners. Um, I think with there, there were some maybe revisions. I saw two different, um, laps as far as how long each lap is. So I saw like 5.380, and then I want to say I saw 5.479 maybe. Anyways, one kilometer of that is the main straight. So you can definitely expect a lot of opportunity for overtaking around that first turn, which I love because especially at the start, like ugh, I just get so anxious at the start with coming up on those first turns. It just gets me every time. Um there's been a lot of upgrades at the track. They were preparing a lot. They just hosted, I think, the World Cup, the Men's World Cup there. Um, so there's been a lot of infrastructure around that area. But at the track, they um, have done a lot of stuff, mostly like new grandstand parking, stuff around like the paddock, new medical center or upgrades there, the media center, there's been upgrades um, and a new fan zone. I think they might have resurfaced the track. And so they're, the teams aren't entirely sure. Is it going to be bumpy? Is it not? Like, what does that look like? So we'll see what happens um, when they do the track walk. Hopefully we'll get some, some info from there. Um, There's also new debris fencing around um, a lot of the track, quite a bit of it. And that's for safety reasons for fans and for drivers. So it should be kind of interesting. Again, only one DRS zone, um, but you know, at least around that long straight, there's hopefully going to be some cool opportunities for overtaking. So we'll see. It'll we'll be interesting see. for the sprint race. I was looking at the times for me. It's like three in the afternoon and then at night. So like kind of the work day on Friday, but then at night and it's decent on Saturday for me at least. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I know mine are like 7 a.m for the qualifying for the race and then the race and then 7:30 a.m. for the sprint but that sprint shootout and FP1 are at 3:30 in the morning so I will be watching those early oh I get up early but not that early <laughs> so so we're back and then guess what there's three 
races in October. So it's like every other week in October. So we'll have Qatar, then we'll I'm have- trying to find the races in October, what time those are then, because- It's gonna be late for you, Austin, for sure, because I don't know when the time changes here. Uh, because Arizona doesn't ever change time. So right now, like Austin's two hours ahead of me, but it would only be one hour ahead of me, but you're when nine is- hours ahead of me. So like- <laughs> wait, do you yeah, switch times again? Will you be back? We, we we'll switch, but we switch. Um, yeah. We switch times here, but okay. we switch the different timing than the U S yes. I do. We don't switch times, so it doesn't matter, but yeah, we'll, we'll fall back. So then we'll be only be eight hours apart. Nice. Okay. That's awesome. That would be great, but it's going to be, those are going to be late nights for you. <laughs> I, I don't mind late nights, but I'm yeah, kind of yeah. Austin is October 22nd. Yeah. October 22nd. Okay. So that's what I was that looking. Right. We've got a little bit of a break then. Uh, we, have, we, have, we have a week break in between. One week. Okay. Yep. And then it will be back to back. So then it's Austin and then Mexico. So yeah, so then it, yeah it's going to be, yeah, midnight. Okay, not too bad. Not That's too not cool. You guys stay up late. You're good at that. I I require a lot of sleep. I always have my entire life. Like I need to go to bed early, and but I get up somewhat early. But yeah, not like three thirty a.m. early. <laughs> I'm up at three thirty a.m. I'm up still from the night before. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You're good at that. I can't do it. All right. Well, that was a lot. I mean, we were going to do a team coverage, but we we're like, well, there's a lot to cover. So we're not going to do a team spotlight. And yet we didn't, we wouldn't have had time. So we would have. Like, yeah. All right. Well, thanks for all that info, Diane. You're always packed with lots of info for us and our fans. So this is, this is great. Yay. I'm like, going to the sprint next week. All right. Let's do it. Sprint weekend. Woo. Thanks for coming along with Ride. We will see you next week. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating and a review. To stay up to date with She Loves the Grid and get all the behind the scenes content, you can follow us on Instagram at She Loves the Grid and on Facebook at facebook.com slash She Loves the Grid. Thank you for joining us for the ride this week.